Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. In this episode, I want to talk about whether you need to give up your old friends and other things in your life when you get sober. I know many people struggle with giving up the people, places, and things that existed in our old life. One of the most common questions people ask me when they are first sober is whether they could still hang out with their friends that they partied with, can they still go to the old bar to listen to the band they like, and do they need to give up old friendships or relationships that they had when they were drinking or using. Rather than asking whether we could keep things the same minus the booze, I think the better question is to ask why would we want to hold on to that old life so desperately? So buckle up, this is going to be a great episode. When I think about all the things we might try to hold on to, I can't help but be reminded of the fairy tale called Hansel and Gretel. In this story, the two kids are navigating through a forest that they don't know their way around, so they decide to leave a trail of breadcrumbs so they could find their way back. Every piece of our old life that revolved around our past addictions that we hold on to are like little trails of breadcrumbs we are leaving that will help us find our way back to our addiction. When you ask people why they want to hold on to their old life so badly, you might get answers like, I don't want to be the type of person that just abandons their friends just because I got sober. Or, I don't want to give up everything I used to do just because I don't drink anymore. When you talk to their family and friends, though, who are concerned about them holding on to their old lives, the common belief is that we lack the ability to let go of the substance that we were once addicted to. I think there's some truth to that, but I think the actual addiction many of us are battling at that point is basing our worth on the love and connection that we're getting from that environment. And that desire for that connection is so strong that we're willing to sacrifice everything to hold on to it. But as we get sober, the things that those connections are based on now have changed. I'm not minimizing how strong those connections were. One of the strongest connections I've ever had with another human being was my friend Mike. But what made that connection so strong was our desire to help each other survive in the depths of our collective alcoholism. We had each other's backs and knew that if one of us had money for alcohol, we both had money for alcohol. If one of us did something horrible that others would judge us for, we knew we had someone we could go to who would still accept us because they have done horrible things too. Our strong bond came from helping each other survive. Unfortunately, Mike did not survive the battle, but I understand how strong these bonds can be. And the people that I have helped in the past often understand that the relationships they're holding on to are not healthy for them. But one thing I have learned is that you could understand a concept, but still not truly believe what the outcome is going to be. The biggest obstacle I think that blocks most people from growing, and this just isn't related to addiction, is phrases like, "Ah, this time it'll be different. Yeah, but that doesn't apply to me. My situation isn't the same as yours. Or pretty much any sentence that starts with the words, yeah, but. 
I know that because I uttered pretty much every excuse or justification for holding on to my old life when I first got sober. In fact, I even went to a wedding that included all my old friends the first weekend I got out of rehab. Now, I did take all the precautions suggested. I drove my own car. I brought along someone for support. I left when things got uncomfortable, but I ignored all the advice that it would probably be better just to not go. I also decided I wasn't going to give up going to my old bar on Thursday nights and shooting in a pool tournament. Once again, I took all the standard advice. I even had a good friend of mine come with me who I'm pretty sure would have physically dragged me out of the bar before letting me order a drink. People told me it was a bad idea, but I did it anyways. So, did I slip up and drink at the wedding or while I was hanging out at my old watering hole? No, but that doesn't mean there wasn't collateral damage that didn't involve actually taking a drink. First, I found surprisingly that I didn't struggle that much when I was in the bar. Nobody tried to offer me a drink. The bartender even told me she wouldn't serve me even if I asked. And then, of course, there was my friend with me that watched me like a hawk. However, what I found is that although I would survive that Thursday night at the bar, the desire to drink would hit me hard every Friday morning, and I would usually spend several days white-knuckling it and had a lot of internal battles about whether or not to go to the liquor store, some of them which I almost lost. I was talking to a friend who had been sober for a while and telling him how I was confused that I could hang out at the bar on Thursday with no problem, but didn't understand why the weekend sitting at home was so hard. I figured it was just because I always drank on the weekend, but he pointed out that I drank every day, so the weekend wasn't anything special. He suggested that I try skipping the pool tournaments for a couple of weeks and just see how it feels. Sure enough, when I stopped hanging out on the bar on Thursdays, the weekends got easier. Every time I went to the bar, whether I drank or not, I left that trail of breadcrumbs back to my old life. I might be able to try to rationalize and justify it with my words. However, every other part of my mind, body, and soul was being negatively affected by me holding on to my old life, which is why the cravings to return to it was so strong right after I decided to expose myself to it. I had to make the hard decision and I gave up going to my old bar. One trail of bread comes back to my old life was gone. So I get it. When we step out of the world of addiction, it is hard to give up on those strong bonds we have created. But can and should we just walk away from our old friends? And if so, how do we even do that? We must understand that these friendships often existed at the core of our addiction. So when that is removed, the bond no longer exists at the same level. Our friendships won't be the same. And the only way to recreate that bond is to reintroduce the one thing that made it so strong. That is why so many people who desperately try to continue relationships with people that are still in active addiction end up back in that addiction themselves. I also found myself in a phase wanting to save my friends from my old life and using that as an excuse to continue those relationships. What I found is they were not ready and rather than pulling them up, they were pulling me down. These relationships were formed because at some point we were on the same level and the only way for them to continue, I would have to return to that level. So I had to make the tough choice that the reasons for my getting sober were more important than returning to the place I had to be to keep that bond with my old friends. 
The best way to help them was to show them that there was a way out. And the only way for me to do that was to do what was best for my recovery. I wasn't abandoning them. I was creating a life where I could help them if they reached out. The key point in that last part was that I prioritized my reasoning for getting sober over grasping onto my old life. I talked about the collateral damage that I suffered from going to the bar, but the collateral damage wasn't just affecting me. If you've listened to my episode about finding your why, you'll remember that one of my motivating factors for getting sober was so that my mom didn't have to worry every night about me wrecking my truck driving home from the bar. And although I was denying that I was putting myself in a bad place by going to the bar, the people in our lives recognize the patterns that lead us towards relapse. For many of us, they have lived it over and over, so they know what is going to happen when we start dipping our toes in our old worlds. So how do you think my mom felt knowing I was spending every Thursday night shooting pool with my old drinking buddies? Was it worth it to continue to make my mom worry? When I got reconnected to my why, I realized I was doing the same harm to my mom now that I was sober as I did when I was drinking. At that point, I realized that I needed to prioritize building my new life rather than trying to hold on to my old one. I know that you're thinking it is easier said than done, and you're right, but that doesn't mean it isn't possible and more importantly, necessary. The first step if you haven't done it is finding a why that really anchors you. Episode two of my podcast is dedicated to that, so if you haven't listened to it yet, I suggest going back. If you have a strong why, then you need to get reconnected to it. Does holding on to your old life align with your why? I had a friend that desperately wanted to become the father his kids deserved, but also wanted to keep going over to his drinking buddy's house on Sundays to watch football. He'd bring a 12-pack of Diet Coke and come home sober, but every time he left, his youngest son would cry. I asked him why he thought he would cry, and at first he said, Ah, he's just being dramatic. But then he paused and said, his word, I'm going to drink. You see, my friend had been sober before and relapsed many times, and he was falling back into all the old patterns that had led to relapsing before. And although he was telling himself, this time will be different, his young son was able to see through the words and recognize that he was just leaving that trail of breadcrumbs back to his addiction. I asked him what was more important watching football and also watching his friend drink himself into oblivion every Sunday or being the father that his children deserve. He decided to start a new football tradition of watching the games at home with his son every Sunday. It wasn't easy for him to give up that connection from his old life, but he realized that there were other things that were more important. So how do we begin to make these changes as my friend did? Realizing that it is the connection and love that we are craving, it is important to begin to create relationships based on the desire to grow into the person you're destined to be. Find people who prioritize creating a life filled with joy and happiness that will encourage you, lift you up, and support you in your recovery journey. You could find this in other people who are in recovery or by fostering friendships from other areas in your life you're seeking to improve. I think it is critical to have a support group of people in recovery since they can understand your specific struggles around addiction, but some of my strongest friendships and people that support me the most don't have past problems with substance abuse. 
but simply replacing the people, places, and things with more positive ones does not resolve the deeper issue, which is our reliance on other people to fill the void of being loved. Over time, we must learn to get connected to our own hearts. We must learn to get fulfillment from the things we love and find love and connection within ourselves. Once we do that and no longer rely on others to provide it, we will find that our relationships will exist at a much more authentic level. We'll be adding to people's lives and inviting them into ours because we're adding love to a place where love already exists rather than trying to simply take love from the relationship simply to fill a void. But why do so many of us have such a hard time replacing a life that caused us and everyone around us so much pain when we have such great opportunities in front of us? Why do we stay stuck in the past? I think many of us do this because we have so much trouble turning our focus on a brighter future because we think our past has somehow broken us. We have the false belief system that our past equals our future. You can't pick up a new life until you let go of your old one. What are you still trying to carry from your old life? What are you still trying to carry with you from that old life? It could be bad relationships, unhealthy habits, or limiting beliefs. You must start imagining and fantasizing about your new life constantly. It doesn't matter if you believe all of it is achievable yet. What matters is that you dream about it constantly and that you are taking steps towards making it a reality. If you're struggling with the concept of imagining an amazing life down the road of your sobriety journey, next week I'm going to dive into how to create your recovery roadmap, so make sure you tune in. You might be wondering if I gave up shooting pool forever or if I told all my old friends that I couldn't hang out with them anymore. As for the friends, I didn't tell one of them that I couldn't hang out with them anymore. I just quit actively seeking to keep those relationships. Here's the funny thing that happened. I was worried about them thinking I was abandoning them. But what I found out is, in most cases, I was the only one trying to hold on to those relationships. And when I'd get a call or text or run into one of my old friends and they would say, hey, we should hang out sometime. I would tell them that for the period of my early sobriety, I decided I needed to stay away from alcohol. And for most of them, meeting up for coffee just didn't sound that appealing. Like I said earlier, in most of the relationships in my life, drinking was a common bond. And once that was taken away, a lot of those friendships didn't have much to stand on. And they just ran their course naturally once I stopped trying to hold on to them. I never did return to Thursday night pool tournaments at my old bar. Does that mean I gave up shooting pool altogether and avoid going anywhere that serves alcohol? Not at all. I love shooting an occasional game of pool at one of the local pool halls, and I even bowl on a Monday night league now. And if you've ever been to a bowling alley on league night, you know that the beer flows freely. But I have not had the desire to drink in several years, so being around it is not an issue like it was before. Just because something is not a good idea at the beginning of our recovery doesn't mean that it is permanent. We often get stuck in forever thinking when we have to make changes and tend to over-dramatize those changes. You wouldn't walk into a gym to work out for the first time and try to bench 250 pounds, would you? Of course not. To get to that point, you have to continuously show up at the gym and work your way up to it. So to answer the question in the title of this podcast episode, do you need to give up your old friends and life when you get sober? No, you don't have to do anything. However, 
Ask yourself what is more important to you, holding on to the old life or chasing the new one? And that is a question only you could answer. So choose wisely. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast and finding it useful. If you have, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Please share it with one other person that you think might also find it helpful. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Keep living sober and happy.